What's up, fam? You're about to hear a message from Hope Valley Church in Denver, Colorado. We are a new, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible church and campus ministry in Denver, Colorado. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for like a day or a whole lifetime, we trust that this message will help you take your next steps to follow him. If you're in the Denver metro area, we would love for you to come and worship with us. You can check us out at our website at hvdenver.com to learn more. Also, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, however you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Oh, and share. Now, let's jump in. I'm super excited. I love the title of this message. I think that so often we look at like the faithful Christian life or the dutiful or the consistent or the didn't quit Christian life. But so how often are we living the thriving, vibrant Christian life? The filled up, the like my, I'm not burned crispy and I'm not empty. I'm full and I'm thriving. And I think sometimes we... Um, we're going to talk about it today, but maybe our actions and our habits haven't positioned us to thrive and to live a vibrant Christian life. And so David talked about the series that we're going to be in. Um, actually, Wayne's not here today, so David's going to read the passage. Today, we're going to kick off with Matthew 4. So we're go- everybody re- stand, uh, and we're going to read the scripture together. It's only three verses. All right, we stand for scripture because participation is better than... This is Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. Read it with me. I'll set the pace. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. This is God's word to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to comprehend your good and perfect will for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so two quick preliminary thoughts. I've heard so many great sermons on why we should follow Jesus, like the idea that Jesus is worth being followed, his worthiness, what happens to us when we follow him. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to skip all of that, okay? If you want to know why we would follow Jesus, please talk to me afterwards, and I'm going to send you a URL link to a YouTube sermon. It's fantastic. What we're going to talk about today is how do we do it, because this is what I think. Often I feel like people tee it up We should follow Jesus, all the reasons. He's worthy. This is what it'll do for your life. Now go figure it out. Like, I can't tell you how many decades I've been in church where I was like, I think I'm supposed to be following Jesus. Christian mark. So seriously, like, we're not even going to cover anything. We're only going to, this is going to be a tactical, uber, uber practical boot camp of how to follow Jesus. But this is what I want to say. There are reasons why you would follow Jesus. And if you want them, come up afterwards. One more essential statement that we have to make at the top. We don't earn our salvation by following Jesus. Salvation is a gift received purely by grace and through faith. It's a belief and a trust in Jesus as our Savior. And we are given at that moment the fullness of redemption, sanctification, justification. We're made right and pulled close to Jesus. Following Jesus is an expression of belief and faith, of belief and hope. But that's the thing. So we have to just make sure that nowhere in these tactical, like, 
practical, like I could do this and this is maybe what I want to do. We're not earning anything. We're not inching. We might feel like I'm drawing close to God, but the permission to, the, the access was granted. We're not earning anything. Does that make sense? Okay. Because, you know, in our, I, anybody who's like a, grew up with like a performance mindset or was an athlete or musician, anybody, you, you kind of feel like, you're like, maybe I'm earning this. Anyway, so this, the last thing that before we jump into step one is this is a three-step process that you never graduate from. If today is the day that you choose the first time ever to follow Jesus, this is applicable. And if you've been following Jesus for longer than have been alive, this is applicable. And that's one of the beautiful things about being a disciple or a follower of Jesus is that the, that the rhythms of following Jesus don't change but the depth and the intimacy and the beauty increases. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's going to be the same steps before. I just want you to know that no one's excluded from this. You're not too new to Jesus or been too in Jesus too long for this to be applicable. Okay, guys, let's just jump in. Step one is to choose Jesus, yes. right? <laughs> Now, this is, this, let me just say, Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I think the author of Hebrews wrote this because we drift. Yes, we choose Jesus once, but we need to keep choosing him. Sometimes it's a daily choosing. Sometimes it's a weekly choosing. I'm going to give you an example of some ways that we could potentially be choosing Jesus in this room. We could be choosing to make a leap of faith for the first time. We could be choosing to keep following Jesus, even though specific people follow, who follow Jesus make you mad. <laughs> Hypothetically. We could be choosing to continue to follow Jesus after a deep hurt or disappointment. We could be recognizing that we've been pursuing a lot of things more than Jesus, and we're going to choose Jesus for our attention. We could be choosing Jesus as a source of hope or solution when facing an impossible situation. Thomas Merton, a French monk who lived in the early 1900s, said, this is, uh, this wrecked me, ask me not what I love or what I like to eat, ask me what I'm living for and what I think is keeping me from living fully for that. Choosing Jesus today could be considering what is keeping you from fully living for Jesus. So that's it. Step one, that you're, we're going to keep going back to this for the rest of our life. If you ever feel stuck, I guarantee, go back to step one, Choose Jesus again, wherever you are. In whatever foggy muddiness happened, choose Jesus. Step two, take action. We got to move, right? Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, this verse describes just a few of ancient spiritual practices that seem really natural, but one of some, these are things that cultivate our faith and the richness of our, our spiritual journey. Some people actually call these things spiritual disciplines. Disciplines, the word discipline is defined as an activity or an exercise or regimen that develops or improves a skill. So if these things are actions that help position us to follow God or 
put our attention towards God or put our expectation towards him. Spiritual disciplines are things that strengthen that. Does that make sense? They're practices that tell our mind, our body, and our soul where to look, where to look to. So what could this look like? There are a beautifully long list of things that are spiritual disciplines, that are actions that we can take. But for the sake of today, we're going to talk about four primary categories. We can study is the first one. There are tons of things we can study. The second one is a big bucket. And what, what goes in this bucket is worship, meditation and prayer, and rest. And we'll talk about why they're all in one box. The third type of spiritual discipline is community. There's a lot of different types of ways that we follow Jesus in community. And the last type of spiritual discipline that we're going to talk about today is generosity and sacrifice. So now remember, this is a three-step process that we're going to repeat as we mature and as we age. This is not a checklist. So I'm going to describe some spiritual disciplines. And for anybody who's a list person, do not make a list that I'm supposed to be doing all of these, okay? This is the goal for today. We are going to aspire to take one new action. One. One, okay? One. The idea is it's almost like a menu. God's giving us a menu. This is what's available. And in different seasons, you're going to pull different things off the menu. This is what's available. I just don't want anybody pulling it down on them like, okay, I, need to, I have to do all of these things. Okay, let's jump right in. Study. What do you guys think we should read? So great. Okay. Now, if you're intimidated, you don't know where to start. Uh, two things that have helped me and helped me in seasons where I, I'm stuck again. Because you know how you can get stuck again? You can be in Jesus for decades and then be stuck. At the Connections table, there's a book called One to One. And it's a beautiful summary of verses that build a biblical foundation for our faith. Key foundational elements. I will read that and it will re-inspire my love for the word. And it will help me find the verses that I wouldn't maybe have the thought to go mine out and dig out for my soul. So grab a book and read it. Just It's like a bitty, bitty book. If you want to, also, if you want to do a deeper dive, there's a book on Amazon, on Amazon called 100 Verses. Um, and one of my mentors, she said, if you were going to memorize 100 verses, these are the 100 verses. And it's, it's a verse, and then it's like one page of some history on maybe somebody in history who that verse impacted. It's beautiful. So that would be an idea of like how to study the scripture or how to go, how to go deeper. David does something called writing the Bible. He will get a 50-cent composition notebook, and he will pick a book of the Bible, and he will start writing it. And he just loves the discipline of just, like, he will write psalms, and he will just write. Like, every day, he'll write a few psalms, and they keep writing. And he'll have composition notebooks full of the word. And it's a way that his, his, his mind and his body, as he writes it, can interact with the word. You can do a Bible study that helps unpack the Bible. There's some beautiful studies that can help you ask good questions that you might not think about. So those are just some preliminary ideas that we can talk about for study, okay? We can read it. We can write it. We can also do a Bible study. The second box, worship, meditation, prayer, and rest. The first one is actually my favorite. It's one my mom really, like, layered into me as, as a kid is doing what you're doing as worship, whatever you're doing. Being a student, 
going to work, um, whether it's, we think of sometimes like serving at church, like I'm going to serve at church as worship, but like we can be a mechanic as worship, right? And so, but living a worshipful, a life mindful of God's presence and mindful of worship as we do it. Okay, this is now, I mean, this next one is basic, but just don't hate me, okay? Just start talking to God. Now, this is the thing. Raise your hand if you're intimidated or a little intimidated by prayer. Is anybody intimidated? Okay. I think sometimes we, it's, it's almost like we have this, this massive channel open where God's like, I would like to talk to you. But I think sometimes we're afraid to start the, the conversation because, like, we're not sure how to, like, how to start it right or the right words to use. So this is, this is the spiritual discipline. Just talk to God, whether it's writing it, whether it's thinking it in your heart, just like, I don't know, send a message to God in your heart or say it out loud. Start talking to God because he is listening. The word promises he is listening and he longs to answer us. The next one is start keeping a list of prayer requests and note when God answers. It's the discipline of not just asking, but paying attention when our heavenly father he responded, because often we're so distracted. He, Andrew has helped me with this, because he'll be like, we prayed for that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we did. Because God answers a prayer, but we've moved on. We're like, I got other problems, God. Like, God, I thank you so much, but the list has grown. So we appreciate you working on the beginning of the list, but have you looked at the end, please? Yeah, there are more urgent pressing matters. Uh, so, but what it does is it, it, it tends the garden of our soul to say, God is listening. And sometimes the answer was different because we'll often see a resolution. Maybe it wasn't the, you know, we often pray thinking we know the answer. Often we can pray and not know the answer. But, and so often the, the answer to a prayer is the answer, but it's not what we, we told God he should do, you know, because we knew. Um, this is an app that has, like, really blessed me. The Book of Common Prayer is a, is a book used by several denominations of daily, really, really short prayers. And there's an app called Daily Prayer. It looks like an orange sunrise. And what it does is there's a morning prayer and an evening prayer. If you're looking for, for something to add that is some scripture reading, but also a prayer and it cues you at different times of the day to meditate, it's an amazing app. It's fantastic. Um, you could set a timer for five minutes and meditate on the goodness of God and capture all those distracted thoughts and just try to keep meditating. That is a spiritual discipline to, to lasso our brain and say, no, 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 for five minutes you're going to think about God. Five, just five. Just five. Or start with two or 90 seconds. Uh, the last one is practicing a weekly Sabbath of intentional rest to honor God, to, to intention. God has given us a, a, a pattern for what he literally said. Like, this is what the vibrant, thriving life in me looks like. And we're like, nope, my to-do list is too long, Jesus. I am more wise. I am like, my, my ways, Jesus, are higher than your ways. And, and God's like, oh, my. And then I'm like, can you pray for me, God? I'm tired. <laughs> I just, oh, I can't. I just can't. Uh, I can't with me. <laughs> so we could start practicing an intentional Sabbath. If you've never taken a Sabbath, come talk to me. I'd love to grab coffee and talk about what it is. It is a beautiful, ancient practice that I think our neglect has produced so much lack in our life. 
Okay, the third box, community. You could attend a weekly worship service. Check. Check. (laughs) Y'all did it. Uh, You could find a midweek group. You could make food for someone in your midweek group who's sick. That's a discipline of following Christ and expressing the love of Christ. You could eat food with people who are following Jesus. Because they're fair, they're, eat food. And I, I literally wasn't more specific because I was like, pack a lunch, go to lunch, invite someone over. It doesn't matter. Eat food with people in some way. Because you know that, that, that strengthens your faith and your, and your friendships, right? Be open to new friendships. The last box is generosity and sacrifice. Give to the local church. Give to those who are in need. Have a soft heart to needs. Join a Sunday service team. Serve those who are in need in your city. Fast, like we did last week, fast or abstain from food or another comfort. Now remember, all of these things is just a menu. And in different seasons of your life, you're going to experience, you're going to thrive uh, practicing different practices. But, But we have to remember, we are doing this already fully loved and accepted. It's not that I'm fasting to earn love and accepting. I'm fully loved and accepted by Jesus, and I'm fasting because it's, it is a spiritual discipline to help, to help my super distracted soul and mind practice following Jesus. Richard Foster, in the Celebration of Discipline, said the desperate need today is not for a great number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. This menu that we talked about are ways to practice our faith and cultivate, cultivate depth in Jesus. The last, the last step of the three, the three steps that we're going to do for our whole life is build rhythms. We've chosen Jesus, we've taken action, and now we're going to build rhythms. Throughout the meta narrative of Scripture, we see God invite people to come to Him, like come rest, come worship, and then go and do stuff. All, like throughout the, 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 the narrative of scripture. And he's constantly, it's this weird, it's almost like this pendulum swinging. He's like, come to me, go and do what I told you to do. Come to me and go, and, what, and people get in trouble when the pendulum gets stuck. They either come to him and they don't do anything, or they go and do the thing, but they never come back to Jesus. They never come back to God. Like in the Old Testament, they just went and did the thing, and they were like, God who? Please. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me all who are weary. Matthew twenty eight nineteen says, go and make disciples of all nations. There's a constant coming and going. So I believe that God wants our life. I, I, I believe that that's one of the missing parts of the vibrancy and the thriving is that pendulum swing, is that it's not coming back and forth. And honestly, there's a daily, there's a coming to Jesus daily, even if it's five minutes, and going to work. There's a coming to church and being in community and going. There's a, there, so there's different, there's different uh, sizes of pendulum swings. Ruth Haley Barton in Sacred Rhythms, amazing book. The subtitle is Arranging Our Lives for a Spiritual Transformation. She said, over time, as we surrender ourselves to new life rhythms, they help us surrender old behaviors attitudes and practices so we can be shaped by new ones. And I want that for me. I think so often I'm looking at an old attitude or a, pra- a behavior and I'm just trying to change the, the 
I'm trying to behavior modification. You know, I'm like, I don't want to act that way or think that way. But what I'm, I'm not, I'm not inputting the right data, which is the spiritual disciplines that are, are going to help me rewire my soul and my brain. You know what I mean? Saying, I'm just like, I'm just trying to think different. And God's up there like, okay, I gave you all, I gave you the whole menu. Yeah. We just try to be so self-sufficient. Okay. When should we build rhythms? My favorite, this is just personal, my favorite is every semester because I'm a forever campus minister. I love college students so much. Um, and so I, I love the freshness of like August, like back to school. I love the new year. And then I love summer. Summers, you kind of have to like reset your like goals and like rhythms for summer, right? So pick, how, pick when, but decide when am I going to reevaluate my rhythms? Because you cannot set a rhythm and be like, this is, the rest, this is for the, t- the rest of my life. Nope. And then especially if you have a job transition or a new baby or a move, there needs, there needs to be like a I'm in a very different life season uh, type of rhythm. You need to build new rhythms around that. Um, and I think we... I think if you've been in Christ for a long time, I think sometimes we can almost idolize previous seasons of when things clicked. Things clicked a certain way, and it just worked. Like, I experienced, like, especially if you're a parent now and you didn't have kids, there was an ease or a clarity, um, or if it was a roommate situation that changed. I think one of the things that has helped me is appreciating how God met me in each season. One of my mentors, she said, she said it so bluntly. She said, are you really wanting to be 18 again? You really, like, you'd like to be 18 again? Because I was like, I want, the, I want the time with Jesus that I had when I was 18. And she's like, so you want to be 18 again? Like, really? So, so what, what I'm saying is appreciate the new season that you're in. And I, and I think we need to make peace with the, the obstacles that each season has in it. And know that the grace of God is going to meet us to develop rhythms for that season. Um, What kinds of rhythms should we have? I would offer, these are just suggestions. I would offer that the daily rhythms are great. Morning and evening. Something from the menu in some place in your day. Weekly rhythms are beautiful. And then annual rhythms I think are great because we, you know, we talked about drifting or fading. We can intend to do something like I could intend to be generous, but if I don't check in on it, I might not realize that I wasn't as generous as I wanted to be. But there needs to be some sort of like almost like pulse check. Like I had an intention, did I do that? So for me, uh, David does this as well. Like annually for us, we do prayer and fasting. We talked about goals and priorities. Our spiritual disciplines integrate so beautifully with annual rhythms and, and deciding, okay, this is what God has, this is what my natural schedule looks like for this year. And then maybe this is the one thing I want to learn how to grow in and with the schedule that I have. These ways. What kind of rhythms would allow me to do that with the schedule that I have? Does that make sense? Because we can't, we have to be practical. I can't be like, well, I'm going to fast, you know, like I'm going to do all these, I'm going to read the Bible every month. No, I'm not. Like all the way through. I I think Andrew Jackson will. I will not. Uh, he will. He reads the Bible all the time. Uh, for me, I mean, I'll be honest. One of the rhythms, I had a hard season with one of my kids, and one of the rhythms that was, it, it settled in accidentally was I did the daily prayer app 
every day. And it was like five minutes. It was a prayer and a really short scripture reading. And then my Sabbath, I had, extra, I had like extra time to pray, meditate, and really read more scripture. And I just embraced like I'm going to do the daily prayer app every day. And I'm going to have a really longer word time with Jesus once a week. And embracing that brought a lot of peace instead of fighting my season and being like, I'm failing, I'm failing. Anyway, that's just an idea. So what did we talk about today? Jesus invites us to follow him, which is a decision we're going to make over and over. Jesus invites us to embrace ancient practices that connect us to him, cultivate our faith and connection to community. And Jesus invites us to build rhythms for practices that will help us come to him and go and serve our communities. Remember, we're never going to outgrow these three steps. I will be choosing Jesus taking action, and building rhythms for the rest of my life. And I would invite you to, to join me in that. Um, just a reflection question that you can, this kind of like made itself evident, but I'm just going to read a few reflection questions. How can you choose Jesus this week? What's a practical area or mindset and maybe a space that you need to choose Jesus? Number two is, what's an ancient practice that I want to try? maybe meditation, maybe practicing the Sabbath. What's something that I want to just now not necessarily build a rhythm yet? Just take action. Just try it. And then what rhythm do I want to start building? So this is where right now it's January. Maybe January through May, what rhythm would help me thrive in Jesus and in the season that I'm in? The last thing I'll just say is just, I want that for us. I want us to live really full lives that are, um, that we're experience sweet and full connection with Jesus. And that when we go and serve in our work, in our community, in our schools, that we're going fully alive. Like fully, completely the people who God created us to be. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your presence here today. We're so grateful that you've given us this bridge to walk over to you, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. God, we thank you that you've given us all of these practices. You've inspired these practices that can help us follow you and connect to community and help train our soul to look to you. God, I pray that you'd give us an appetite uh, and a hunger for the things of you. Give us wisdom about how to take action. Give us discipline on how to build rhythms. God, I pray for each person in this room that this would be a season of, that they would feel like a new season of vibrancy and thriving is kicking off. That they would experience more wholeness and fullness in their soul in you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen.